All right, grade fours, we are on to episode four. You should be on Thursday now. And again, remember, we are in Charlotte's perspective of the story. The first chapter in this episode is called How to Use Venn Diagrams, Part 2. In middle school, your lunch table group isn't always the same as your friend group. Like, it's very possible. In fact, it's probable that you may end up sitting at a lunch table with a bunch of girls that you're friends with, but who aren't necessarily your friend friends. How you ended up at that table is completely random. Maybe there wasn't enough room at the table with the girls you really wanted to sit with, or maybe you just happened to end up with a group of girls because of the class you had right before lunch. That's actually what happened to me. On the first day of school, Maya, Megan, Lena, Rand, Summer, Ellie, and I were all in Ms. Potosa's advanced math class together. When the lunch bell rang, we flew down the stairs in a big huddle, not knowing exactly how to get to the cafeteria. When we finally did find it, we all just sat down at a table in a pack. It was like we were playing musical chairs, with everyone scrambling to get a seat. There were actually only supposed to be six kids to a table, but the seven of us squeezed in and made it work. At first, I thought it was the greatest table in the whole lunchroom. I was sitting right between Ellie, my best friend from first grade, and Maya, my other best friend from lower school. I was seating, sorry, I was sitting directly across from Summer and Megan, both of whom I knew from lower school, too, even if it weren't necessarily good friends. Now grade four is by lower school, she would mean like division one or elementary, grade one, two, or three. And I knew Lena from the Beecher Prep summer camp program. The only person I didn't know at all was Rand, but she seemed nice enough. So all in all, it looked like a totally awesome lunch table. But then that very first day, Summer switched tables to go sit with Augie Pullman. It was so shocking. One second, we were all sitting there talking about him watching him eat his lunch. Lena said something really mean that I won't repeat. And the next second, Summer, without saying anything to anyone, just picked up her lunch tray and walked over to him. It was so unexpected. Lena, I remember, looked like she was watching a car accident. Stop staring, I said to her. I can't believe she's eating with him, she whispered, horrified. It's not that big of a deal, I said, rolling my eyes. Then why aren't you having lunch with him, she answered. Aren't you supposed to be his welcome buddy? That doesn't mean I have to sit with him at lunch, I answered quickly, regretting that I had told anyone that Mr. Tushman had chosen me to be Augie's welcome buddy. Yes, it was an honor that he had asked me, along with Julian and Jack, but I didn't want anyone throwing it in my face. All around the cafeteria, people were doing the exact same thing we were doing at our lunch table, staring at Augie and Summer eating together. We were literally only a few hours into middle school, but people had already started calling him the zombie kid and freak. Beauty and the freak, that's what people were whispering about Summer and Augie. No way was I going to have people whisper stuff behind my back too. Besides, I said to Lena, taking a bite of my Caesar salad, I like this table. I don't want to switch. And that was true. I did like this table. At least at first I did. But then as I got to know everyone a little better, I realized that maybe I didn't have as much in common with them as I would have liked. It turned out that Lena, Megan, and Rand were all super into sports. Maya played soccer, but that was all. So there was this whole world of soccer games and swim meets and away games that Ellie and I couldn't really talk to them about. Another thing is that they had all chosen to be an orchestra, while Ellie and Charlotte had chosen choir. And the last thing, very simply, was that they weren't into a lot of the stuff we were into. They never watched The Voice or American Idol. They weren't into movie stars or old movies. They had never even seen Les Miserables for crying out loud. I mean, how could I have a serious friendship with someone who had no interest in seeing Les Mis? 
And that's a play that that is usually uh, seen on Broadway as well. But as long as I had Ellie to talk to with Maya there to round us out, everything was totally fine by me. The three of us would chat about the stuff we wanted to talk about on our side of the table. And Megan, Lena, and Rand would chat about the stuff they wanted to talk about on their side of the table. And then we'd all catch up about the stuff we had in common. Schoolwork, homework, teachers, tests, bad cafeteria food in the middle of the table. Which is why everything was good until Ellie switched tables. And now it's just me and Maya. Maya, who was only really fun to talk to when Ellie was there. Or if you wanted to play a rousing game of dots. Look, I'm not mad at Ellie for switching tables. I honestly don't blame her. Ever since we heard that Amos had a crush on her, it was like she had forgot she had gotten a free pass into the popular group. Savannah had asked her to sit with them at lunch and then arranged it so Amos and Ellie sat next to each other. That's how all the couples in the grade got together. Ixmeen and Miles, Savannah and Henry, and now Amos and Ellie. In arranged group huddles, the popular boys and the popular girls. It was natural that they'd all want to stick together. Nobody else in our grade is dating or even close to dating. I know for a fact that the girls at my lunch table still act like the boys have cooties. And from what I can tell, most of the boys act like girls don't exist. So yeah, I totally get why Ellie switched tables. I really do. And I'm not about to be super mad at her like Maya is. It's hard when you've been invited to a better lunch table. There's kind of no looking back. All I can do is sit and wait, talk to Maya, and hope that Savannah will ask me to join them at the popular table someday. In the meanwhile, I draw Venn diagrams and play lots and lots of dots. Next chapter, how a new subgroup was formed. The next day, right before lunch, this note was tacked to the announcement board outside the library. Congratulations to the girls listed below. You've been chosen to participate in Mrs. Antonabi's 1960s dance performance. I've posted a rehearsal schedule on the website. Mark your calendars. No absences, no excuses. Our first rehearsal is tomorrow at 4 p.m. in the performance space. Do not dare to be late, Mrs. Antonabi. Ixmina Chin, Charlotte Cody, Summer Dawson. Oh my God, I got in. Yeah, I was so happy when I read my name on the list. Overjoyed, ecstatic, woohoo. So it was me, Ixmina, and Summer? What? Summer? That was such a surprise. I was so positively sure it was going to be Savannah. I mean, Savannah had just started taking dance. Did she? Sorry. I mean, Summer had just started taking dance. Did she really beat out Savannah? Oh boy, I could only imagine how mad Savannah was at that. I bet her ew from stretch, frown stretched clear across her face when she saw the list. And Ellie? Actually, I bet Ellie was somewhat relieved. She would have had a hard time keeping up with Ixmina and Savannah. And Ellie never really loved dancing that much. I always kind of thought she was only into it because I had always been into it. <clears throat> I was happy it worked out for her this way. I mean, she might not act like it, but she's still my BFF. And I was happy for me too, because even though I was hoping to get a big bit closer to the Savannah group, I had also been a little stressed, wondering if the Savannah and Ixmina pairing would have faced me out. But having Summer in the group along with Ixmina was going to be awesome. Maybe the combined power of Summer's niceness and my niceness would turn Ixmina into one of us. At the very least, it might keep her from being the mean girl everyone seems to think she is. Not that I think she's a mean girl. In fact, I barely know her. Either way, having Summer be the third girl in the dance made me so happy. I couldn't stop smiling all day. Next chapter, how I saw Savannah. At lunch, I squeezed in next to Maya and Rand, who were hunched over yet another one of Maya's giant dot games, which were getting more and more elaborate. 
So I said, happily, good news, guys. I got picked to be in Mrs. Antonabby's 60s dance show for the benefit in March. Yay. Yay. Maya answered, not looking up from the dot game. It's great, Charlotte. Yay, echoed Rand. Congrats. Summer got in, too. Oh, yay. Good for her, said Maya. I like Summer. She's always so nice. Rand, who was marking a row of boxes she had just closed off with her initial, looked up at Maya and smiled. Fifteen, she said. said Maya, grinding her teeth. She had just gotten braces and was making a lot of funny movements with her mouth these days. I flicked my eraser at them. That sure is one intense game of dots you're playing there, I said sarcastically. Ha ha, said Maya, leaning into me with her shoulder. That's so funny, I forgot to laugh. The mean girl table is looking at you, said Rand. What? I said. Both Maya and I turned around in the direction she was staring. But Savannah, Xmina, Gretchen, and Ellie turned away the moment I glanced in their direction. They were so just talking about you, said Maya, giving them her dirtiest look through her black framed glasses. Stop that, Maya, I said to her. Maya, I don't care, she answered. Let them see me. She bared her teeth at them like she was some kind of crazy ferret. Stop looking at them, Maya, I whispered through my own gritted teeth. Fine, she said. She went back to playing her colossal game of dots with Rand, and I concentrated on eating my ravioli. At one point, I could feel someone's eyes burning into my back, so I turned around to sneak a peek at the savannah table again. This time around, Xmina, Gretchen, and Ellie were talking together, completely oblivious to me. But Savannah was glaring right at me, and she didn't look away when our eyes met. She just continued staring me down. Then right before she finally stopped, she poked her tongue out at me. It happened so fast no one else could have seen it, and it seemed so childish, I almost couldn't believe it. That's when I realized that I got it wrong before, about Summer taking the third spot in Mrs. Antonabby's dance piece. I had thought that spot should have gone to Savannah, not Summer. But in Savannah's view, it wasn't Summer who had taken that spot from her. It was me. Charlotte's always the first to sign in, she had said. Savannah blamed me for taking her rightful spot in the dance. All right, let's see if we can do one more chapter. It's a little bit longer, but all right. How we got off to an awkward start. All the next day, the threat of a snowstorm made everyone kind of giddy and uncertain. Since there was talk, the school would close early if it came down as bad as the forecast predicted. Luckily, because the last thing in the world I wanted was for our first rehearsal to be canceled, the snow only started falling in the late afternoon. Not hard at all. So I made my way up to the performance space as quickly as I could after the last bell. Given that Mrs. Antonabby had issued such a threatening warning about being late, I wasn't surprised that both Summer and Xmina were already there too. We said hello to one another, changing into our dance clothes. It's a little awkward at first, I guess. The three of us had never really hung out together before. We were from different groups, our own version of mammals, reptiles, and fish. Summer and I had only one class together. And like I said before, I barely knew Xmina. The longest conversation we'd had was back in December in Ms. Rubin's class when she asked me, without a shred of remorse, if I would mind switching partners with her so she could be paired up with Savannah, which is how I ended up with Remo as my science fair project partner. But that's a whole other story not worth telling. We started doing warm-ups and stretches to pass the time. Mrs. Antonabby was now almost half an hour late. Do you think this is how it's always going to be, said Xmina? Mrs. Antonabby being late? She's never on time to theater class, I said, shaking my head. Right, Xmina said, that's what I'm afraid of. Maybe she just got stuck in the snow, Summer said, somewhat hopeful. It's starting to come down pretty hard now, I think. Xmina made a face. Yeah, maybe she needs a dog sled, she answered quickly. Ha ha ha, I laughed. But I could tell I sounded dorky. Please, God, please don't let me seem dorky in front of Xmina Chin. The truth is, Xmina Chin made me a little nervous. 
I don't know exactly why. It was just that she was so cool and so pretty. And everything about her was always so perfect. The way she wrapped her scarf, the way her jeans fit her, the way she fastened her hair into the neatest twist, everything was so flawless with her. And remember from the moment Exmina started at Beecher Prep this year, everybody had wanted to be her friend, including me. I'm sure she didn't even remember this, but I was the one who helped her find her locker on the first day of school. I was the one who let her borrow a pencil in third period, which she never returned to me, come to think of it. But Savannah was the one who became her best friend. Savannah managed to zoom in on her within the first nanosecond of school and then forget it. It was like the big bang of friendships just exploded into an instantaneous universe of knowing looks and giggles and clothes and secrets. There was really no chance of getting to know Exmina better after that. The truth is, she didn't make much of an effort to expand beyond the Savannah group anyway. Maybe she felt like she didn't actually have to. People said she was kind of a snob. All I really knew about her was that she had the most amazing leg extensions I'd ever seen, the highest scores in our grade, and she was snarky, meaning she made a lot of clever observations about people behind their backs. There were a bunch of people like Maya, for instance, who couldn't stand her, but I couldn't wait to get to know her better, to be friends with her maybe, to laugh at her sarcastic gibbs. More than anything, though, I just really, really, really wanted her to like me. I hope this is all going to be worth the time, Samina was saying. I mean, we've got so many other things going on this month. That science fair project? I haven't even started mine, said Summer. Me neither, I said. Though that actually wasn't true at all. Remo and I had finished our diorama of a cell the first week back from winter break. I just want to make sure we get enough rehearsal time for this dance, Exmina said, looking at her phone. I don't want to be on stage at Carnegie Hall looking like a total idiot because we didn't rehearse enough. All because Mrs. Antonabby was too flaky to show up on time. You know, I said, trying to sound casual. If we ever need a place to rehearse away from school, you guys could come over to my house. I have a mirrored wall in my basement and a bar. My mom used to teach ballet out of our house. I remember your basement, said Summer cheerfully. You had that flower fairy birthday party there once. Back in the second grade, I answered. A little embarrassed, she would mention flower fairies in front of Exmina. Do you live far from here, Exmina asked me, scrolling through her texts. Just 10 blocks away. Okay, text me your address, she said. Sure, I said, whipping out my phone, thinking I'm texting Exmina Chin my address, like the big dork that I am. Uh, sorry, what's your number? She didn't look up from her phone, but held her hand up to my face like a crossing guard. There, running vertically down the side of her palm, was her phone number written in neat block letters in dark blue pen. I keyed her numbers into my contacts and texted her my address. Hey, you know, I said as I was texting, you guys could come over tomorrow after school if you want. We could start rehearsing then. Okay, Exmina mumbled casually, which made me want to gasp. Exmina Chin is coming over to my house tomorrow. Oh, I actually can't, said Summer, squinting her eyes apologetically. I'm hanging out with Augie tomorrow. What about Friday then, I asked. Can't, said Exmina. She had obviously finished texting now and looked up. Then maybe next week, I said. We'll figure out some other time, Exmina answered indifferently. She started running her fingers through her hair. I forget your friends with the freak, she said to Summer, smiling. What's that like? I don't think she was even trying to be mean when she said this. That's really just how a lot of people automatically referred to Augie Pullman. I looked at Summer. Don't say anything, I thought. But I knew that she would. All right. So stay tuned, grade fours, for episode five, which will happen on Tuesday after the Easter long weekend.